0: Did you promote yourself to captain? Because I think you're still a detective. I'm definitely he on here? the detective. I did the
1: captain thing. Just for
0: I fun. see you're on your screenshot on on your screen name here, though, on the chat or in the video chat here. It says captain. I want to know. I am want to see your promotion paper. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll, I'll turn it in,
1: chief. Deep in the
0: foothills of Appalachia, directly from the number one drug overdose death capital of America, two dudes discuss various conspiracy theory topics in a virtual campfire setting. You folks of the interwebs may find the conspiracy theories discussed to be unbelievable, but more and more people are finding these same conspiracy theories to be more fact than fiction. Plus, there is no way I can make this shit up. Welcome to Conspiracy Campfire, and thank you for joining me to get a little GCD.
1: My name is Matt Foley, and I live in a van down by the river
0: dude that's easily my favorite snl sketch ever
1: <laughs> nice
0: first of all as a child i thought it'd be a bad idea to live in a van down by the river <laughs> and as an adult now i feel like that may be a better idea to live in a van down by the river
1: i agree i feel like it feels more free than the world that we live in as adults now <laughs> uh absolutely dude absolutely sorry is that loud
0: I mean it sorta of sounds like a typewriter.
1: I, I worked on that. a very like I work I use a cash register game word.
0: I'll say I like, didn't know you were aiming for like a murder she wrote type of intro, because uh you're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the rest of that show's intro, but I do remember a typewriter being aggressively used in the intro. <laughs> I'm currently looking up the the answer to the murder she wrote.
1: Nice. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Which strangely enough isn't all that uh, off topic of what we're going to discuss today with uh, the process, Church of the Final Judgment.
1: No, it's That's not.
0: Angela Lansbury signed a, a a letter, basically a guardianship letter, permitting her 16, or I think, I believe actually 15 year old daughter initially, uh, for about a year time frame. So she was like 15 to 16 year old. Daughter to run around with Charlie Manson and the Manson family. Her, her daughter was part of the Manson family, and she had given permission for char- for her to be with her, you know, minor child to be with Chuck. And the reason why any of that was known is because LAPD on numerous occasions had arrested Chuck and members of the family. So when there's a 15 or 16 year old girl kicking it with them, they're like, "Hey, who do you belong to?" And Chuck's like, "I got papers." <laughs> Here we go, and of course Manson being so intertwined with with the process, and even all the way up to the leadership, where him and DeGrimston declared each other as one and the same, and he and they both spoke the same. If you if any, anyone's ever you or any of the folks of the interwebs have ever heard Charlie Manson speak, he uses a lot of processisms in his speech, stuff that was developed by Marion and Robert DeGrimston is the the ling, lingo of of the Process Church. So that's why I always laugh when people are like, no, there's no connection. I'm like, you sure? Because he's got their logo literally tattooed and transcribed, etched into his forehead. A lot would read. argue
1: that's a swastika, but it's well, similar to well, theirs. Here,
0: here's the thing If you read any of the process literature, the they probably developed their 4P symbol off the swastika because in their literature, they the, the process was known to publish all sorts of magazines and newspaper articles. And they wouldn't just sell them on the streets. They would sell them on the streets, but they would also distribute them to like members of, of parliament in the UK or members of Congress in the United States. And some of these were, were like, you know, some dark shit. It was often death and apocalyptic focus stuff, you know, like um, the whole kind of Manson family myth or ethos of their uh, understanding of the world, kind of their philosophy, this apocalyptic chaos philosophy. I mean, that's the same stuff that was in the, the Process Church publications. I mean, there's far more interconnections. Again, to, to tell the story of Manson and tell the story of the Process, to tell them to tell them apart. I, I think is 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 uh, disingenuous because it's the same tale.
1: Right. All right, but man, anyway, Do you want to start the, recording? Uh,
0: isn't that weird that Angela Lansbury gave permission for her daughter to go be part of the Manson family?
1: Yeah, that's super strange. Are we so recording?
0: when all the when all the when all the indictments came down for the murders and the Manson family members. Hey, wait, Angela, wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, Are you recording?
1: Yeah. yeah oh yeah. shit, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine.
0: It's cool. It's part of the show. Oh, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Angela pop 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 smoke from Hollywood and, and went back to her homeland in Ireland went and took her daughter with her. So. Angela Lansbury. Ain't no We're way. Back to mean, Ireland. Exactly, dude. She went to go hide out amongst the uh, leprechauns. Top of lead. Because <laughs> ain't no way she was letting her daughter get, uh, you know, subpoenaed or, or indicted for that matter in that case. That's how, That's again, she was part of that, that same family. I mean, she rode around with, you know, lived with them, you know? Yeah. She, she basically had custody. Charlie Manson basically had custody of her
1: for, for a period of about a year, I believe. I mean, but, wouldn't he technically have custody of her longer than he did of his own child? <laughs> right,
0: I mean, he's got hmm. a number of kids, but yeah, there's he doesn't. Ha- I don't think he had custody even briefly, but for a few. Oh, I didn't know he had
1: multiple kids. I thought he just oh, had he's a daughter.
0: Got, he's got a herd of kids. Whoa! <laughs> I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he had kids before he went to prison the first time. Charlie Manson was never a, a hippie. He hated hippies. Right, right. That was part of the media sales pitch, you know, and and part of the family's kind of you know, whatever kind of psyop they were operating through, whatever kind of weird process, church intel op- you know intelligence, you know, agency operation or, yeah. you know, one in the same type of deal, you know, but whatever was going on there, they were never hippies. They, they may have wanted to portray that because, again, they, what they did was kind of shut down the 60s, right? They kind of shut down the hippie movement. That was the end of the hippies. Yeah. You know, no one, the hippies were demonized at that, at that point, but that charlie manson was never a hippie yeah you know i'll give a nod to the to the uh the may brussell archives there on youtube where any any folks of the interwebs can can go listen to the uh contemporary reporting and conspiracy theories uh basically far more proven to be right than wrong substantially more proven to be right from wrong i can't think of one that may Brussels spoke about back in the early 70s especially when she was focusing on the manson stuff that ever that ever proved to be incorrect. She's she was not only extremely accurate in her her uh, conspiracy theory radio show she did back then um and in, and into the eighties, but yeah. she was very prescient in, in the things that she was able to 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 discuss. I mean she was literally talking about the surveillance state of, of what she called electronic mail in nineteen seventy seven. I mean look at what we're dealing with today in twenty twenty three. I mean, have been for years already. You know, she, she saw all that coming in 1977 and spoke about it on a radio show, but she did a great coverage on the Manson family and especially well documenting how the Mansons, Manson and his followers were not hippies. And she did all this on a radio show living out of Carmel, California, there in the South, just uh, south of San Francisco Bay area and just north of Big Sur, which was a big hippie area through Monterey, California, right, right nearby. And Big Sur were all big hippie hotspots, right? The Monterey music festival was essentially what launched the hippie kind of, you know, scene, even though it originated out of Laurel Canyon, that's where it was uh, kind of, uh, you know, birthed, gestated into existence into Monterey where they had the, the Monterey music festival. So She's right there. So that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Mae Russell even speaks about going to the Monterey Music Festival and being and in, in, you know involved in the whole hippie movement. So in her radio broadcast again found on YouTube, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. But that's where I learned a lot of this. That's where a lot of my knowledge came from. And again, she's this woman took voluminous notes and and uh, you know followed the mm. whole thing as it's unfolding and going on as far as the court cases and whatnot. She, so it's, it's it's pretty accurate
1: reporting in that regard as well. She was kind of like the prophetess of many conspiracy theories that are still in circulation today in terms of um, the elements that she introduced. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like she had like uh, all sorts of theories around Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, the Bush family, um, Nazis, um, and even like the uh octopus
0: theory um uh, oh for sure no yeah. she's
1: all over all that stuff i mean she's the source of a lot of people's
0: you know at least the uh the primer for the other folks investigations into all those topics was work done by may brussel back back again and she you know especially when you're talking about nixon watergate the the gemstone file which connects watergate you know to the jfk, potentially assassination. To the JFK assassination all that stuff the howard hughes stuff the manson family the Kennedy assassination, the RFK assassination, the MLK assassination. I mean, she's all over all these topics. She's like the OG conspiracy theorist. When I, when I first became a quote unquote conspiracy theorist years ago, I, I, I wanted to see where the origins of a lot of these ideas came from. And that's how I kind of discovered May Russell's work, because again, she was kind of the, the pioneer in, in kind of conspiracy theory, uh, alternative research type topics, you know, hmm. because. She she obviously had uh, great distrust of the Warren Report, and I think that was one of the things that that started her on onto this campaign as well. Obviously, I believe she even uh, knew and, and met with uh, the New Orleans D- uh, District Attorney Jim Garrison. So, you know, she was deeply involved in all the JFK assassination stuff
1: from the uh, from the onset. Yeah. So, um, did she have any? Wait, no, never. I guess she talked about some Nazi-like connections and sympathizers in the U.S. government, which would have some ties to the Process Church, wouldn't they? Oh, big time!
0: Yeah, I, I actually—I'm really interested to because I don't recall any radio shows of hers going over the Process, but I'm really interested to try to try to see if I. That's why I was, like,
1: that. I stopped myself because I didn't know if the timing was off. Um, well, I mean, the Process was formed in
0: '66, yeah, in New Orleans. So no, I mean she was she was definitely aware of the process, and I'm quite certain she covered it. I'm sure she's even mentioned it in, in her broadcast, but I don't think she went to my knowledge. I don't know if any of her public broadcasts went too in depth into the process. Now, just my to touch on that, they formed in New Orleans, but before then it was the UK, correct? Right, that was their official incorporation in in the United States was New Orleans. Okay, and that's one of the main main uh, hubs that they set up. They they when they formed in the United Kingdom, they kind of branched off in and around europe i think you know again speaking to their nazi uh you know their their nazi uh, patronage they i think they one of their first branches was in munich germany interesting well then again you know and and that may i don't know if that's the exact origin point but that may in fact be where they adopted this these uh
1: german shepherds okay they're so famously known for right which i mean technically the nazis had german shepherds but they also had dobermans didn't they?
0: Yeah, but I believe the, if I'm not mistaken, the SS Nazis were the German Shepherd owners. Gotcha. And the and and that seems to be according to some of the process literature, sort of what they they venerate is the, the Nazi SS and you know
1: Adolf Hitler. So, so how do you go now, from Zenu only- to Nazi to God, Jesus, Yahweh, and Lucifer, or all this? Or yeah to, you know, their thoughts from the process. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have I mean it's if you
0: want to try to follow their theology it gets kind of tough cuz really they they branch off of the OTO, right? Cuz that's where that's where Hubbard comes from, you know. Yeah. The process comes from Scientology, Scientology. Yeah, so Hubbard was part of the the uh the OTO there in Pasadena, California with Jack Parsons, and Jack Parsons was in tight with Nazi SS officer Werner von Braun who would later be the uh, Apollo uh, moon administ- mission administrator and later NASA administrator. Right. They were pen in, pals. The For years before, you know, like dating back to, I think, well, I, I think, I believe um, it was the early, th- well, I have to get back to you. I think it was the early thirties. Might've been the late twenties though. Cause it was when Parsons was like 16 years old. So they, they developed a pen pal, some sort of pen pal relationship relative to their, uh, their, their ideas of rockets, because rockets weren't a thing at the time. So it was the, their ideas of rockets, which Parsons would later, you know, al- allegedly invent rocket fuel through a sex magic ritual. And, and that's where L. Ron Hubbard comes in, into play there as well as part of his sex magic OTO cult there in Pasadena. So the process kind of comes from that, but, you know, how that directly relates to Scientology's, kind of theology i don't know because you know yet they like you point out they have this intergalactic god Zenu, is kind of like thanos right in a sense right i mean
1: it almost literally is the thanos story
0: no i mean that's why i call marvel comics and dc comics for that matter because they branched off from one another much like these cults branch off from one another that's why i call marvel and dc comics the lemic fan fiction because <laughs> you can relate or 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 scientology fan fiction. Because I, I, quite honestly, I don't know. What do you call Star Star Wars Wars,
1: then? Because they purchased Star Wars. I guess that's just bringing it into the family. I mean, possibly,
0: you know, it it is, it isn't a galaxy far, far away Mm -hmm. in a a time long, long ago. (laughs) So ancient alien cargo cult like aspects for sure. Um, But the Marvel, I mean, just think about Marvel comics, right? So they have all these ideas, especially relative to Scientology. They're super big into superpowers, right? That's all you get in these superheroes. And to a degree, I think that's what Telema is is shooting for with a lot of their stuff. Because again, Scientology, according to L. Ron Hubbard's own son, L. Ron Jr., uh, who later changed his name to something else. But Elrond Jr. even said that he was is he he was a member from like day one. Uh this is L. Ron's first first marriage, not his second marriage. Um or third, who knows? That you know, as a as a cult leader, you gotta have a lot of wives. I think Joseph Smith's kind of set the standard on that one. But yeah, he was like the, uh, the uh, Michael Jordan of setting. No doubt. Yeah. For sure for sure. <laughs> Everyone else just tries to compete. Yeah. He's like the, uh, hold
1: my uh hold my top hat in two stones. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go bang this dude's
0: wife and come back and go see some more match. That's the lot- day in the life of Joseph Smith, what can you say? The uh but so According to Elrond Jr., his father incorporated a lot of aspects of the OTO into Scientology. So, you know, not to dive into the too deep into all that stuff today, but so there's definitely you know there's a there's a theological kind of evolution there, and I think that goes on with all these cults and their offshoots. Happens with the process. It happens with process offshoots. They take some of the ideas that they like there, like oh, I can do these things better. And the process did that initially when Robert Grimston and Marianne McLean Robert his name was Robert Moore and her name was Marianne McLean. And together they became the DeGrimstons. Um And this was after they formed the process. So, and they were the leaders of the process and they took the E meter, the infamous E meter from Scientology and, and made it like the P meter. I think they called it the P scope you know, process. So, you know, a lot of these groups they they, they splinter off, and the, some the some of them take some ideas, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to go do these things," but then throw away these ideas. and We're going to start our own new cult, and that happens again with the process. One of the core members of the process, the Grimston's like essentially best friend, a guy by the name of Timothy Wiley, who I believe just passed away a few years ago, and has been uh, an ardent Maury Terry, no cult, no process connection to son of Sam Colt, you know, cover upper guy. Mm -hmm. Um, he, uh, he was the Grimston's, uh, friend from architect school, uh, when, 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 which, which is what the Grimston was doing when he left as he was in him and Marianne the Grimston were Scientology auditors. So they were the people who were having people come tell them all their secrets while holding two 10 cans (laughs) and deciphering the stuff on the quote unquote e meter. That's what they were doing. And and at the time, and you can't do that. You can't take Elrond's technology. And go do other stuff with it. No, no, no. He
1: was like, he was like, he was like fucking, he was the Bill Gates of fake technology. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, Bill Gates is kind of the Bill Gates of fake fake technology. (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs)
0: Because everything in Scientology, they call tech. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true. Oh, that's tech. That's That's tech. tech. This is tech. You got the new tech. You got the old tech. Well
1: yeah, it, but, it's all like a fucking mind fuck, right? <clears throat> oh, for sure. Absolutely. And uh you know, if they
0: if they told you about the aliens from day one, the ancient aliens and Thanos slash Zenu from day one. Yeah. You know, maybe uh maybe they would be a different story, but you don't get that until you're like six figures in and like seven years later.
1: Okay. So just for listeners, let's set the fucking stage, right? You're Mary. Oh, wait,
0: hold on. Let me let me make my let me let me loop up back <laughs> on one point and close close one point that I forgot. So, Jack Parsons' name was Marvel. Jack Parsons. His first name was Marvel. Yeah. So, and he's again, he's his top telemite, So
1: I think. Shit, dude! I, think, I forgot I, about that. God damn, JJ.
0: I, I think when we're making Zenu Thanos, Thanos comparisons. And these superhero powers versus... Dude, I totally forgot about that. Which is what these cults are focused on. Yes, so I wanted to close the loop on that. So I think that's why it's the lemic kind of Scientology fan fiction. And again, look at all the Nazi stuff in there, even with Captain America and Red Skeletor. Yeah,
1: Red Skeletor, yes. Correct. (laughs) Captain Nazi America. (laughs) Captain Nazi America. So what were you saying? Um, You're right. Also the Nazi connection. Wasn't it Jack Whiteside Parsons? Yeah, Marvel,
0: Marvel. I think Jack was just a nickname. Yeah. Actually, I think his name, his legal name, was Marvel Whiteside. Barson exactly. Too. So that's fucking crazy. He's on the white side. In, in, I mean, I really do think that's where the term Marvel Comics comes from. Because <laughs> again, yeah, Elron was part of the same science fiction club at that same time mm-hmm. as the guys that made Marvel Comics, right? Interesting. And according to their editor for that that science fiction writers' club, yeah, a guy by the name of Forrest J. Ackerman. Right. He said they were all doing the OTO thing and then Elrond came up with this new thing and they all went and did the new thing for a
1: while. And here's that new thing that I was going to get into. Let's set the fucking stage. For those who don't know, you are Mary Ann McLean. And, I'm not. And Robert DeGrimstead. I'm, I'm, I'm double, J. You, are both I'm double of, J. you are both of them. Okay. <laughs> you are either doing this at your own will or you've been tax- tasked by MI6 to infiltrate a thelemic society known as Scientology. I mean,
0: yes and no. It's very possible. So I actually do think that's very, very likely the case. Cause- okay.
1: So let's take that a step further. So you like wake up one day, you know, what's the year? You're not putting Marianne on the Marianne and Robert right? met, I think, in 65. Okay. It's somewhere between 63 and 65, Right. It's right. a sunny day. You're waking up. It's you're in New Orleans still? This is London. You're in London at this point, okay? So you're definitely stinky, right? Because it's London. Stink it's the Mayf- the Mayfair district. Stink default Mayfair District enriching. Okay? Yeah. So it probably smells a little bit more of booze than the average place in London and gambling. Possibly possibly like cabbage. Definitely like cabbage and cabbage farts. The two go hand in <laughs> hand. There's probably some Irish people around. Oh, you know they're all. You are. know what the deal is. Like. Wild bastard, right? So you basically walk into this building. There's a stinky British fellow there. He's like, "You guys are clear. You guys are definitely clear." And he hands you these fucking boxes, and then you go out. And you start engaging folks in the public, and you're like, hey, you been feel a little down. Well, I got this thing here. Why don't you hook it up to your nips? And people hook it up. They figure out, through Scientology, through these machines, known as e-meters, they measure the level of thetans someone has built up in their body, or negative energies or emotions or blockages that have, kind of, it's supposed, it's supposed to read folks' thoughts essentially, but those have emotional, accumulated, emotional right, as a result of yeah, reincarnation. Yeah, the Thetans
0: don't come in until later. Yeah, the things stuck in your body they don't come until tens of thousands of dollars later.
1: But that stuff hasn't like acute But like, is the I'm just trying to build the cosmology of of Scientology and the type of mindset that you'd have to be in to do this type of shit.
0: Well, so yeah, that's a good point. So it starts off basically just like, hey, do you want to get better? Do you want to do better stuff? Yeah, yeah. Do you want, do you want powers? Want to yeah, do you want special powers? You want that's really how it starts off and then then you get hooked up to the e meters, you're holding the ten cans. So that's what and that's allegedly where Robert and Marianne met. So that's like sixty five, maybe sixty four. Okay. Okay. So I can honestly see where this would be like an intelligence operation that went rogue. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so
1: she's like, Fuck it, you know what? I'm tired of being the middleman. I wanna you know, like we talked in episode one or at part one. Um, she was like basically like, I'm taking control of my destiny and my career, you know, women in the workplace. She went off and started her own. She's like, I'm gonna call this bitch the process. But she's like, But well, I so- don't have power. My baby daddy. So, but
0: yeah, supposedly she was the power behind the process, but okay. she officially did exactly what you just described in '74. Okay. So, so what's she doing? She and Robert point? get divorced. They so they bounce around from the bah- Bahamas. They go to the Bahamas, try to buy an island. That didn't work out. They go to Mexico. Then a hurricane happens, and that's when they allegedly develop all this this apocalyptic stuff. So that's '65 into '66. Then they go to New Orleans. Set up shop there and a branch off around America. Right, this is the American wing of all this stuff. So they set up in the Mayfair district of London in '65. They got declared suppressive persons and, and outlawed by Scientology. Let me get, let me close the door here real quick. Dogs barking.
2: Uh-huh. Young lady, what do you want to do with your life? I want to live in a van down by the river. Well, you'll have plenty of time living in a van down by the river when
0: you're living in a van down by the river: Yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's they kind of like it did. they did the U.K thing. They went down through the Bahamas, Mexico. And they're in New Orleans by '67. I think is where I left off. And so when they go to New Orleans, they incorporate there with the uh, as the process church of the final judgment. And then they, and that was done by an attorney who was connected directly to the JFK. He's a wandering bishop connected to the JFK assassination and that weird wandering bishop scene for the American Orthodox Catholic Church. Where J. Edgar Hoover was uh, apparently the approving authority on the—he was a, on the board of the church of the wandering bishops. Yeah, I mean, these wandering. Yeah, it's a church with no with no buildings and no congregation, no priests, just bishops, hmm. and like one one like Pope dude kind of dude. But on the board of the on the on their board because it's a corporation on their board sat J. Edgar Hoover, and apparently he was. Kind of like the, the obviously, it was like his person, supposedly it was his personal kind of intelligence operation, but they're all over the JFK assassination. The Wandering Bishop, sir? Nope. Yeah, but he was, But Great he was
1: Catholic. Pr- who? Wasn't JF, wasn't fucking John F. Kennedy Catholic?
0: Yeah, these people aren't really Catholic, though. It's the American Orthodox Catholic Church. It's, they're Catholic in name only. What? They're spooks who operate, they're spooks who operate basically un- under this guise as being priests. Oh, we so. talked about this. Okay. Yeah. So all the people associated with the JFK assassination involved. David Ferry's he was a wandering bishop of the same group. Uh Fred chrisman the alleged grassy knoll shooter, the first guy to see a UFO in 47. He was part apparently part of this group. Um so on and so forth. And one another another one of the characters is Tommy Jude Baumler, and he was an attorney working out of Guy Bannister's office in the JFK situation down there in New Orleans. And a few years later, he in 66, he's incorporating the Process Church to the Final Judgment. So this is a dude who's a wandering bishop connected to the JFK in a situation, and a few years later is incorporating the Process Church. They then go to like places like San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, New York City. By 72, they've set up a headquarters in New York City in Pound Ridge, New York, just a couple miles away from where I hail from in uh, Fairfield County, Connecticut. Pound, Pound Ridge? Ridge field area. Pound Ridge, Westchester County, just north of the city, mm-hmm. two point five miles away from my family's old home there in Richfield. It's cool. The uh, so they set up shop there in seventy two. They have they have a spot in Manhattan. They have a spot up there in by Harvard. You know they set up around you know universities and areas where they can they can attract wealthy people, people with. Uh, Who are are, you know oftentimes artistic you know kind of people down there? They set up shop in like the village in in New York City. Then they also had a spot up there in Midtown as well, though. So they had a spot near the Public Library in Midtown. They today they today the current iteration of the process has the Best Friends Animal Society. They have an operation still in the Soho district of Manhattan still today. So yes, they do. These they they very much operate. I still think today in some of the same places that they used to operate in, and again. They set up a headquarters in 72 there. Marianne and Robert split up and Robert and his new wife went to Staten Island. That's a whole different tale altogether versus, uh, apparent relations The you know, occult ritual murders, um, with, with that, with that Staten Island piece. But Marianne, then when they broke up in 74, divorced in 74, she started her own, as you said, she pioneered out, started her own situation and it was called the, uh, what was it? The uh, I'll stand by. I'll tell you right now. I've done. Forgot what that? It's the Church of the Final Millennium. The uh, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. I'll tell you right no now. Was so I done? Forgot in seventy four. It was the Foundation Church of the Final Millennium. There we go. And they operated for a few years under that name before they changed it to the
1: Foundation Church. Dude, the Best Friends Animal Society has made like seven point seven million dollars tax-free money. Oh, I got, I got some better numbers for you than that. All right, so here we go. So
0: seventy-four, the the, the Grimsons divorced. Marianne pioneered out and started the Foundation Church of the of the Millennium. Okay. Right. A couple years later, she changed it again to the foundation faith of the millennium. And then that's when they moved down towards to uh headquarters down in Atlanta. And were apparently in and around Atlanta during the quote unquote Atlanta child killings. And there's a lot more to that tale as well. Yes. And, uh, they continued to, uh, I think that was 76 when they officially closed down their headquarters in New York city, moved down there. And then they, uh, continue on about they had a couple more splits that timothy wiley fellow he split in 77 and started his own foundation faith operation really yeah he was one of the founding members so they lost a couple of founding members along the way by by the end of the 70s you know from the from the mid 60s to the late 70s and he was he he took a couple of the original members with him in his own
1: his own offshoot right and so there's so all these like associated... secret like offshoots and also public offshoots of the church now are they allies Ex- exactly
0: well i don't know that's okay. what, that's, that's a good question because because that's what i was going to say about wiley he's a process church cover-upper up until the end of his death here in recent years so he broke off he had some disputes over the process clearly at some point right? right i mean officially by 77 the process had ended but you know, the next iteration of the process. They're not like, this is the primary core. These weren't splintered offshoots. This is Marianne de Grimston's core group of the process. And it had a lot of the founding members of the process involved. And he took a few of them with him in 77. The rest of them remained with Marianne. And that's when they moved out to Utah. Well, They moved to Arizona, in, I believe, 1979. And then in 1982, they bought a ranch in Kanab, Utah and Southern Utah and fundamentalist Mormon country. Well, just Mormon country in general, but there's a few fundamentalist Mormon sects down there in Southern Utah. There's also just general regular Mormon population down there as well. However, what I find interesting about that, and that's, they, so they, they, they didn't, they immediately set up the best friends animal society when they moved to Kanab, Utah, this, the nation's largest best friend, or the nation's largest no kill animal shelter. And we'll get into some of those financials because you pointed out already because
1: that's very interesting. Also, if I may add, in Utah, there's also a lab that's doing the analysis of the Atlanta child murders. It's in Utah for some reason.
2: What yeah.
1: Right now? Uh, in 2021, Utah lab to analyze DNA evidence from the Atlanta child murders. Holy smokes. You'll have to send me that link because I'll, I'll
0: have to read more about that. That is interesting, though. Why is that in Utah? That's a good question. Yeah.
1: Why Utah
2: lab... Um,
0: so they, they, they said it, the Best Friends Animal Society, but you, like, because if you go into the Best Friends Animal Society today and numerous blogs and articles trying to dispel any rumors, including a 2008 article from the Salt Lake City Tribune, trying to dispel any rumors that this, these nasty rumors that the Best Friends Animal Society has any connections with the Process Church, hmm. right? That's the whole, that's the whole gist of these, these articles in this whole campaign. Again, including the largest paper in Utah, right? The Salt Lake City Tribune. So I find that funny because if you go on the Best Friends Animal Society website today one of the founders of that's a, the shelter and co-director's current co-director he's one of the founding members of the process. And it was about a uh, 10 or 12 of the founding core members of the process that Mary Ann Grimson set up the Best Friends Animal Society, right? Mm-hmm. Around 1982 when they bought this land. Yes. However, they didn't change their corporate documents until the 90s. So you can go on and see their corporate, they didn't dissolve their previous, so they, they didn't go process, dissolve it. We're going to reincorporate as this other church and then reincorporate as this other church and then reincorporate as this no kill animal shelter. Now they kept the same corporate entity and kept, kept it, kept changing its name and kept changing its corporate statement. Mm. Right? So Just change they didn't even take away. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't even take <clears throat> away like these weird, you know, kind of apocalyptic, you know, cult, you know, mission statements they had in their corporate documents from dating back to the process until 1993. That's when they officially scrubbed them from their corporate records. So it's funny because then 15 years later, the Salt Lake City Tribune writing like, Hey, these people were never connected to the process. <laughs> it's in their corporate documents. <laughs> yeah. Did you look at it? Now who's the name yeah, of busted. the co-director? Uh, Michael Mountain okay
1: he's yeah
0: i mean there's articles dating back all sorts of years here's one from 2004 kind of trying to dispel the same kind of rumors right and again naming numerous people of the and their process names in the article like oh no but they're not involved with that anymore okay but it's still the same people yeah right (laughs) it's still the person
2: yeah
0: yeah try try to pretend like they're different people together No, no no it's the same people and they're all together still so what are you talking about right so and and I, I think we I may have misspoke in the last uh process discussion. I don't maybe I because I, I, I pronounce these words the same way and I may be wrong or right, I don't know. You can tell me. Is Jehovah and Yahweh are these two different gods? Or is that the same god? I mean I
1: think it depends on the like, spelling. Different spelling. Th- same god, different well, spelling. I mean like okay, so I think two different gods. On. Yahweh <laughs> is Y H W H that's known as the tetragrammatron And it's like the old, it's the old Hebrew. And like the idea is that like, if you added like the, I think it's like if you add the consonants to the vowels that you have in Yahweh, it's Jehovah, like Yahweh, Yah. That's what I'm
0: saying. It's just different spellings of the same guy. Right. right? But I
1: think the process church
0: views them as separate. Do they not? They might. So they go, they, they venerate Jehovah. I, I said Yahweh, but I'm, I'm, uh, Again, those are the same Although me, so. I will
1: also add, there's a really good YouTube it's, channel called Esoterica, and they and he has like he's like an actual biblical Hebrew scholar, and he says that Yahweh and Jehovah are different. I think Yahweh is a storm god, and Jehovah is also a storm god, but a different type of storm due to the region that he his worship originated into.
0: Well, for us uh, uh, non-biblically educated folks like myself, who grew up uh, alien cargo cult Mormon style. Um, No, I mean I read the Old Testament, but I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I was taught that Yahweh and Jehovah was the same God. I think I'm pretty sure the Mormons taught. Yeah, I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame the Mormons for that one. Um, anyway, so well back to this ranch they bought in Utah. So when they set up the Best Friends Animal Society, they bought a ranch that was formerly known as Little Hollywood. Because it was a Hollywood former Hollywood Western movie studio yeah. ranch. In fact, including big big Hollywood films such as The Outlaw Josie Wales by Clint Eastwood, that, and that was 1976. I think that was the last film filmed there. So they're purchasing this, you know, six years later, this film ranch. Part part of this ranch or an adjacent property, which is is yeah, I've yet to be able to conclude, was owned by Jack Nicholson and seems to be at least a portion of his property may have been included in the sale to the process or at the time, the foundation faith of of uh, foundation, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> I just call them, they, they can keep changing the sign out front. It's still the process.
1: Well, you know, what's funny is um, just looking at the board of directors of the process, Francis Batista, is one of the founders of the best friends animal society, but was also a process member
0: exactly that's what i'm saying you can look yeah you can look at their corporate records and see it's the same and they're it's they just because again they just kept changing the name i guess their children are coming back
1: too because there is some level of polygamy if sort of like i think they've kind of found a almost like a um religious freedom utopia in kind of utah it seems
0: Oh, well, they're going to have similar interests with the ancient alien, fellow ancient alien cargo cultists, for sure.
1: Yeah, like, which one allows us to have the most amount of wives?
0: Yeah, I mean, as an an extension of Thelema, I'm convinced they have an ancient alien cargo cult philosophy amongst their ranks, you know what I mean? (laughs) It may not be the lower levels. You may not get that up until later, right? You know what I mean? Because that's how they do it in Scientology. So,
2: that's
0: all I'm saying is, it may not be as, uh, as publicly apparent to folks. Yeah. But as an extension of Scientology and Thelma, I think they got a lot of that ancient alien cargo cult stuff going on. Because again, you know, Thelema involves a little gray alien, does it not? I mean, I think people interpret it that as demon or alien. I think they think those two terms, in my opinion, are interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you want to say about it, but so yeah, the, yeah, it is interesting that they settled in a uh, former Western studio, Hollywood studio ranch in Utah, because the Manson family lived on a old Western Hollywood studio ranch just north of Hollywood in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's almost like I'd what be these, interested to see. What are these process doing? I was
1: What's just going to say, I'd be interested to see like um, how many of these old farms, these Hollywood ranches, how many of them are built on old mound sites. That's a good question. That's a damn good question.
2: That's um, why you hire me, I sir. Was,
0: <laughs> as I was, uh, as I was reviewing some stuff relative to the Greek societies, you know, looking at some Idaho stuff. Yeah. I realized that one, you know, that, that more than one fraternity started out on a mound. I think I'm up to three. Damn. And when I say they started like the, the first chapter of that fraternity, the initial chapter. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, for example, I think it's Kappa Alpha who gives a shit. I think that's the name of it, <laughs> the name of the fraternity. In, in uh, Columbus there, Ohio yeah. State. That was the first fraternity chapter of that fraternity. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. And it was built on a mound. Their first chapter. See, and
1: was. like, come on.
0: Yeah. So, as I'm as I'm seeing some of that stuff, I'm like, yes, man, there's more stuff on built on mounds than I thought there was. And what is going on with build stuff on mounds? There's something more to it than just. That's a good plot of land. I'm gonna build there. Just to add to that,
1: like I do think that, like, I think to some degree, like, there's some interesting correlations between like rich neighborhoods and like the amount of small rat mounds that were that are in that area. I don't know. Something to th- like
0: Indian Hill. Yeah, something to think about. Anderson, Indiana. Anderson, Indiana kind of started out as the Indian Hill of Indianapolis. Yeah. Lots of little areas all over the country
1: that are very similar sure. to that. Mariemont? Yeah, Mariemont. Another no, another good one. Which is like still retaining its wealth, I'd say.
2: Almost
0: growing. I think Indian Hills one of the top 10 wealthiest zip codes in America. I believe it's the
1: 9th or the 11th. Yeah, it's up there. It's big time. Um, big, big time. So, talking about the process and their funds. Talking about the process. What's their money look like? Hey, you read my
0: mind, friend. So, um, the... It's interesting. So this 2004 article I was brief, briefly discussing before talking about how they're, oh, yada, 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 there's no connections to all this coal yeah. business. Silly. That's silly. So, they, it says here in 2004 that they made 19 point... They had raised 19.9 million because they're a... Non-profit. Non-profit, terrible organization. Animal shelter. Well, I mean... They just took the Elron Hubbard style a bit further. Elron's like, if I create a religion, I can go tax free. These these folks said, if I just create a charitable organization, I can be tax free. It's the same business, yeah. in my opinion. 100 percent. So they they raised nineteen point nine million in two thousand and three. Fast forward until two thousand again. They are the nation's largest no kill animal shelter. Well, I got a, I got a great comparison for you in that regard. Fast forward until. 2,000 and, what did I say, 3? No, 2022. Make sure. No, this is a 2021. They, don't, they haven't filed their 2022 stuff yet, which nonprofits have an extra time to do that stuff. That's silly. Yeah, um, that's bullshit.
1: They have extra time yeah, so to make up you, their you shit.
0: Even, yeah, so you can look right here on their Best Friends Animal Society, right? They still have the same EIN number as the Process Church. Looking at their tax records, right? It's been tax exempt since December of nineteen seventy-one. That's when they got this EIN number. So they got they got tax exempt as a religious organization in seventy-one. As the process, according to their 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 tax records. But in twenty twenty-one, they had a revenue of one hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Damn, making that cheddar. Right? So the largest no-kill animal shelter in the state of Ohio, one of the. You know, one of the more wealthiest and and politically prominent states, and you know, not necessarily largest state by total population, but it's not it's not the smallest. You know, Um, the largest no kill animal shelter in the state of Ohio brought in in the year twenty twenty one. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Two hundred eighty three thousand dollars. Two
2: hundred
0: eighty three thousand
1: versus. One hundred and twenty five million dollars. Well, one's daddy is the CIA slash M.I. slash
0: <laughs> Scientology.
1: I mean, it's it's fu-
0: it's funny to joke about that. But, yeah, I mean, it's certainly there's does thing to be an element to that to be valid. Yeah, because not that many people care well, about just, animals. Well, <laughs> Clearly, well, Ohio showing true. that. That may, in fact, <laughs> be true. That may, in fact, be true. <laughs> The the best friends animal society has places all over America. Like I said, they're they're still even in the Soho district in Manhattan. They have I like I said, they have a lot of money here. But here's here's one way to consider it as well. How did these people come to America? Yeah, how did Rob? How did two British citizens right get
2: almost Marianne immediate
0: access Vinson, to America? Get immediate access to America,
1: and not just that, but all their friends got it. Like you hear all these a How did They not
0: lose their visas. Yeah. How do they not lose their visas? John Lennon almost lost his visa, and granted, he is process church connected the, and very very well may have been these a These process apologists,
1: um, they even talk about how they came to the United States, and they say it like it was nothing. Like they just hopped on a plane, and they've yeah, been here ever
0: since. And we walked right in. It's like it's like they were immigrating during the Biden administration. They just walked yeah, right in. Yeah, it's like
1: they're Venezuelans of the Biden administration. <laughs> almost exactly yeah, like so- that.
0: No, it is. It's so it so is like exactly when you like see that, the La Processia
1: is, Church, like
0: <laughs> La Processia, yeah, so and Gaius, they, you know what's going on,
2: dude?
0: Why couldn't they ever kick these people out after they came in? Even right? Doesn't make any sense. No, does it doesn't. It. So that's why, when I, when it boils down to what is it was is or was probably I would say still is the process church and and its offshoots and its primary core group of the best friends animal society do they all have connections some to some sort of intelligence operation i would say it certainly seems that way ed sanders came to that conclusion in his study of, of the process maury terry independently came up with that mm. conclusion you can say he did independently because he, he consulted with ed sanders but what i'm saying is he developed evidence in addition to what ed sanders had developed to point to that same conclusion and again just as i look at it just from a very greatest common denominator, you know, a very GCD level, like yeah. how did they get yeah, in here? Yeah.
1: Why weren't they deported? Why the fuck weren't they deported? Because yeah. they were working for the uh, the Five Eyes, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. And again, Jeez. it's not even just the Best Friends Animal Society. There's a whole process church cover-upper movement across the interwebs these oh, days. Oh, yeah, and I'm the process I mean,
2: church
1: anti-cover-upper movement.
0: <laughs> right. So one of the most obvious is one of the most obvious is, is the fellow who runs the uh, the uh, temple. What I call it, the, the Satanic uh, Temple. What, what what's the uh, name of that one? yes. Lucian Greaves. I much like a Chinese food restaurant, I'm just going to call your weird Satanic religion something <laughs> strange. They're all the same. I am
1: Lucian Greaves.
0: It's like every Chinese food restaurant is the Golden Dragon, right? Like a, like let's go to the Golden Dragon to eat. Like that's not the name of the place. I'm like, is it a Chinese food restaurant? Then it's named the Golden Dragon. I don't like Um, the
2: death
1: threats I've received, so I will not use my legal name. (laughs) So I will instead call myself Lucene Graves.
0: Exactly. So Lucene Graves, the head of the Satanic Temple, uh, according to his own website, (laughs) theprocess.org, he operates that under the name Douglas Mesner, and he also operates under the name Douglas Mesner in numerous lawsuits. Lucian Graves, I, I think, is, is simply a pseudonym. Douglas Mesner seems to be another pseudonym and not his legal name, but he does, has been sued and sued other people under the name Douglas Mesner. It appears. Which just so everyone I believe knows. it I believe they sued, I believe, as Douglas Mesner and the Satanic Temple, I believe he sued Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Did he, I don't win? remember the contents of I don't, I doubt it because the whole Section 200, oh, whatchamacallit protections that they, that, Social media companies have. Yeah. 231. Name a number. Name three numbers. Section name three numbers. That, yeah. <laughs> of the law that protects the social media companies at will
1: whenever they want it. Yeah, to. you're right. I will say. He's a fucking weirdo. His Lucien gives websites very strange.
0: Yeah. So he operates the process.org on that homepage web, the, the homepage of the website is the process church symbol <clears> also in the background <throat> through various indexes of the website or is the process church symbol. Yeah. And it seems to be basically focused on just, here's one good example. And I'm not promoting Ted Gunderson cause I got my issues with the guy as well. Here's a blog post from 2012 written by uh the man, the myth, the legend, here—Lucian uh, Graves <laughs> slash Doug, <Reznor laughs> slash another slash, a lot of slashes going on here. He wrote a blog post here in 2012, Ted Gunderson, death of a public paranoid. Apparently this was, uh, somewhat of a, a satirical, uh, mocking obituary, obituary that he wrote of Ted Gunderson, the former FBI agent in charge of the Los Angeles office and turned kind of satanic ritual abuse, you know, uh, you know, combating that in, in his time at the FBI and in retirement this is how his story goes. However, um, again, I have some issues with that. But nonetheless, you can see this guy is uh, just uh, basically anything that's suggested to be anything satanic ritual abuse or the abuse of children, or so, et cetera, to some occult purposes or even occult ritual human sacrifices uh, or killings or homicides. Yeah. Maybe. The, uh, this guy seems to be focused on saying all oh, that's nonsense. That seems to be the gist of his blog. Right.
1: right, and he has uh he actually like has like he and- supposedly studied neuroscience with a specialty in false memory sen- syndrome which as we know was created as a psyop to cover up the actual sexual abuse of children.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think there's board members on the that false memory foundation that's directly connected to the CIA. If I'm second. yeah, this dude is a total
1: fucking nut job like he writes he wrote another article just to spin off what you were talking about on his blog. he wrote up another article where he talks about fucking this child that was abused and killed by his mother, Gigi Jordan, a Manhattan multimillionaire um who she ended up getting sentenced for eighteen years for killing her autistic son Jude Mira um. I guess she said that she was she said that she was protecting him from satanic torture and that like people were like shocking his genitals, he was forced to have sexual relations with his I like I even have a hard time talking about this shit. It's really fucked up. But like Yeah, I read that one, it was pretty yeah, dark. Pretty fucking dark.
2: But yeah. But she so killed him to is, save him from that allegedly. Yes.
1: And he's just And this is what he's writing. He's
0: saying about. that <laughs> Exactly. Well he's arguing that that uh that she's clearly crazy. Yeah. Abnormal sociology he marked that one. Anyway, I'm not for the guys blog other than to say he's uh it's weird to see this kind of Anton LaVey 2.0 character being connected to the process cuz an argument can be made that Anton LaVey 1.0 the 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 other the original Anton LaVey <laughs> in his Church of Satan um is was connected to the process interesting for sure well sir but yeah so I mean what do you think man It's it, this is a weird situation altogether isn't it you got this whole cover up like what is causing this what's the impetus behind this campaign to kind of dispel all these kind of satanic ritual activities via like a process.org website what's the purpose you know for $125 million revenue for the original process church group. Now that yeah. is the best friends animal society. You may
1: tell you, you, know what I mean? you may tell you what, what I think
0: what, my gut. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts? My on gut that, on detective? this is that
1: the process church is a mini octopus in that, like it serves several functions. It's a money laundering function. It is a psychological operation in that it manipulates a mass of people, Possibly into performing its whim, I think it's like almost at this point it's an organism given the amount of time and money it's been allowed to grow with and in um and I do think that there could be ties to the process church and murders or killing or um you know serial killings quote unquote I just I feel like there's more to the story with their involvement with David Berkowitz. You know, you have the murder of that poor lady that we talked about in part one. If you want to hear. Carlos Perry. Perry. Um, You know, you have folks that are involved in the process, even today, that are very fascinated with murders of children by their parents and just things that you and I probably would never be like writing about, you know? Um, I don't know. I I just like I think that it's like uh you know the dark. Uh, what did Henry uh, Lee Lucas say? Um, the black hand. I feel like the process is very much like something like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll leave you with two. That's those are good points. I'll leave you with two points here. Uh, one, um, is relative to a a, a uh, operation GCD code number. 17 that I just published today here and uh that was with uh recluse stephen Snyder in regarding our adventure a, re- a review of our tour and adventure to the Society of the Cincinnati headquarters in Washington DC nice C. And, and the former owner of that home was a woman by the name of Isabel Weld well she was she was married it was Isabel Weld Anderson but her maiden name was Weld Isabel Weld Came from the the Boston Brahman, uh Weld family there out of Jamaica Plains, uh, Massachusetts. And interestingly enough, one, so one of her cousins out of that same family was the former governor of Massachusetts, William Weld. He was also the Libertarian Party presidential candidate, VP in 2016 with Gary Johnson. Huh. Yes, that makes sense. I just came out and never heard that one. I had to double check nice. that after <laughs> I said that, like internally to my head. I'm like, yeah, that makes that, sense yep, that's right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, so William Weld, the, this is the family that started Harvard, you know, the Weld family, right. you know, there's, there's a lot, I go, into, go. I go into a lot about the Weld family. I go into a lot about the Weld family, but we'll leave it at this, that uh, William Weld hired the former process church attorney, John Markham, after he was done working for the process church.
2: So, mm. <laughs> you know,
0: it's weird when you see some, some connections with the Weld and I just synchronistically enough, I just had published a podcast regarding the Weld family she would be a cousin of some regard to William Weld. I don't know precisely how, but a cousin to some regard.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So what do you what do you and, think about the process? Do you think that they're something like what I described? Do you get it in a sense for something? Yeah, I else? think
0: I think what happens is these people run are involved in a very egotistical philosophical understanding of existence. <clears throat> right? And they go into these situations. Uh, like Mary and Robert De Grimston did. They joined Scientology, like we can take this stuff, this stuff, and throw this other stuff in the garbage and go start our own cult. And Timothy Wiley later did that. De you know, founding member friend, close friend. Um, he did the same thing after after the process split from Robert, he split from Marianne de Grimston later with his with some of the other founding members. So these these offshoots continue to occur. And if you look at a cult like the process, who, who uh seemingly, as the story goes, you know, adherence to their cult had to pick one of the gods to follow, one of the four gods. So some of them would be assigned Jesus, some of them would be assigned right. Jehovah, some would be some would be assigned Satan, some would be assigned Lu- Lucifer. So after a while, especially after the process oh, ended man, right? I got but Lucifer. A...
1: That was like a sorting hat exactly. in Hogwarts. But you're gonna have some
0: you're gonna have some very disparate viewpoints amongst the cult members, right. right? So at some point in time they're gonna splinter off and start their own thing. So then you're gonna have like the satanic Branch right, branching off from the Jesus right. branch. I'm assuming yeah. it's the first. Is they created the their spirit. own
1: mini Babel,
0: right? Exactly, dude. Exactly. So you have these Jesus preaching process church members in one city that branch oh. off and go down oh. and then you have a satanic operation in another city, right? But well, ultimately speaking, they probably work together because process. Really process. At the end of the day, operations. they're all
1: about that process.
0: Exactly. So, right, wrong, or different, that's how they're going to operate. And, and even if they splinter off, I think in large part, you, there's still various, you know, collusions and whatnot.
1: They're still running, you know,
0: drugs with UFOs. if you will. You know, they're using UFOs exactly, to run dude. some drugs. And Thanos told them to do it all.
1: Thanos is sitting up on a motherfucking... Thanos mountain. slash Xeno. <laughs> Thanos and Xeno are just chilling. <laughs> it, that's actually both of them. One's One's running the process...
0: Oh, dude, they're up there by the, Mor- they swing by and hang out with the Mormon God up there in Kolob. Yeah. Up there by the Star Sirius.
1: Yeah. So it's them, Elohim, the Elohim from the Mormon, um, yeah. the Mormon sex.
2: God.
0: Yeah, dude, they're just kicking it.
1: They're just doing stuff.
0: And they're like, what do we so, going
2: to
1: these weirdos do?
0: So as these, run co- some drugs exactly. and
1: UFOs, that's what. Exactly. Drugs, drugs,
0: drugs, women, and money, dude. That's what they're talking about <laughs> right here. Kids for them. Oh, for God. No God. No, God. Um, but the, uh, so what I'm getting at with these cults also, so like, let's say the, the Pound Ridge, New York, 1972, the, uh, or 74, the, uh, process church officially dissolves or, right? well, they don't dissolve. They officially break up again. They didn't dissolve corporately. They just changed the name on the same corporate corporation. Um, so they did change. They did officially apparently break up at that point. That's when they became the foundation faith of the millennium or Foundation foundation church of the millennium. Before they later became the foundation Faith and the Millennium, which, again, I'm just going to all call The Process. But officially, The Process ended in 74. Right. <clears throat> okay? So, um, just to kind of clear up and make that murkier for some folks and clear it up for other <laughs> folks at the same time here. But the people, these offshoots, the people that branch off, the people that were living in and around the headquarters and focused around the headquarters of this cult, a lot of them don't leave. Right. right? They stay in the same areas and that's essentially what Maury Terry was saying was the Son of Sam produced the Son of Sam cult. And I can I can verify that. I, I know for a fact that, Maury Terry, that David Berkowitz told Maury Terry and identified numerous process cult members that that, he, that Berkowitz knew that were associated in, in pulling the strings on that Son of Sam operation, according to Berkowitz. Whoa. So, you know. These things, and Maury Terry was far more right than he was wrong. People want to diminish his work. I think he's, right. you know, far more right. I'd like to see more of the stuff he's wrong about, but he's far more, because if it's wrong, he's be corrected, but ultimately speaking, like, people are trying, right now, there's a process, church cover or operation to discredit Maury Terry's cult theory altogether. How together, dare right? you it was process? It's David Berkowitz. Yeah, so, that I think is, I think is ridiculous, because again, he's far, <laughs> from everything I've seen, is far more right than wrong, and I think He's been independently verified by so many different parties relative to this cult situation. I find it kind of funny that that someone's coming out. People are coming out today and like, oh, there's no process. There's no cults. It's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Your silly silly process mind maneuvers will not work on me. I know what's going on. I know (laughs) what's afoot. (laughs) That's my response. Your silly process mind maneuvers are no good here, sir. But so, like, here's an example of how these cults, even though they may break up, they may, you know, disband or whatever you want to call it, they still operate in the same area. The cult members usually don't go anywhere, and they don't adopt new belief systems either. They still, they, they still very much adhere to their same cult belief systems, right? Or create similar occult belief systems in a, in a splintered offshoot type right. of thing, right? But an example of that is the New Aben Nation, it was a cult funded and financed and Property owned, and the security that ran the place, all owned by actor Wesley Snipes. It was an Egyptian, ancient Egyptian mound builder, uh, ancient alien cargo cult uh, compound cult in Georgia. Huge compound. They built pyramids. They built it on a mound site. Again, the the uh, Wesley Snipes was kind of the financier and backer of all this. The cult leader was a guy by the name of Dwight York. He's in, he went to prison in two thousand four for for child sex. So, and the whole, the whole, the state of Georgia completely destroyed the entire city these people built this ancient Egyptian cargo coal mound city. Um, but the people that lived there, they had hundreds of people, right? They lived there, and hundreds of people lived in the area that was part of that cult, but did they did not live on the compound. Mm-hmm. Right? Those people all still live there today. Like there's news articles talking about from the local Georgia area talking about these people still live there today when they tore down this place. 15, 16 years Damn. ago. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, that's what I mean by these, when, like, the process, church breaks up in 74, like, yeah, some of them may have went with Marianne, and some of them may have, may have later left with that Timothy Wiley fellow a few years later, but some just, of them just yeah, stayed right stayed there.
1: Put in Westchester County, New kept York. They the faith, yeah. the process faith.
0: Yeah, so you have, it was like, relative to the New Auburn Nation, like, the people that would live in the compound would, I think, would be the 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 core of the of the cult, but then you have the outlying members of the cult, right? The people who live outside the compound, right? So looking at the process situation in Westchester relative to the New Auburn Nation setup, right? You have, or for that matter, Scientology. You have the the, the core Scientology priesthood people, the billionaire contract people who live on Scientology compounds, but then they have the outlying membership of the cult, right? Who live in the community, right? right. right? No different here. No different New Auburn Nation. No different than some, than the process out of. Out of New York. So you have that outlying community that was all part of the process, the membership there. They all lived there already. They were just, they joined this cult because the cult moved there, right? So they're still living there, right? They're still espousing these ideas. And that's what produces the Son of Sam. That's um, what produces some okay. of these other. That
1: makes a lot more sense, actually. Right.
0: It makes, yeah, if you put it like in the, as in the, like yeah. a sort of isolated
1: yeah. evolution of really just. The effects that the process tends to have whenever it enters an area and has it, it, exactly you know, sort of gains some sort of mass
0: effect. Exactly, and you know, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a good summary right there. You nailed it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
1: Captain summer. All right, dude. What
0: you now? want to. You want to wrap this up there, uh, Captain? Did you promote yourself
1: to Captain? Because I think you're still a detective. I'm definitely on the detective. I did the Captain thing just for I fun. see
0: you're on your, screen, on, on your screen name here, though, on the chat, or on the video chat here. It says Captain. I want to know. I'm going to see your promotion. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll turn up. it in, Chief. Well, that's it. That's the show here, folks. So the next time you're out on the town, visiting your local watering holes, or perhaps just meandering around, and you hear the unmistakable sounds of metal clanking, and you spot signs of a disturbance. But well, check your six. Look in that garbage can, because you never can tell. The GCDs may be loose in your town.